This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast presented by thesciencefictionary.com. I'm Andrew. I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hello. And David. Hello. And we're going to talk about, let's see, what all have we got tonight? We've got Mulan, um, the New Mutants, and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes. Um, All things we really watched within the last week and a half, two weeks. And I'm excited to have a chance to talk about them. And uh, I think we'll start things off with the New Mutants which I haven't seen yet. Marisha hasn't seen yet, but David has. We we may get a little spoilery on these. So if you're not wanting to get spoiled on any of those, you might want to like, we'll let you know as we move into each movie, but we may get a little spoilery. David, what did you think about the new mutants? So the best way to sum up the new mutants is by saying it was cool. So I've um vocally been kind of against this movie it's it would i think it would seem to people um not because i thought like that it shouldn't exist but i i I didn't have high hopes for it 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 sort of seemed like this little like uh, like like a last attempt from fox to make a x-men movie and then fox was bought out and like who who cares right um the trailers didn't impress me the stuff we saw didn't impress me everything we heard didn't impress me and I kind of just could not care less, but my dad, Daniel, who's been on the show before has very much been all about this movie. And so when it came out, if I, I went to see it with him, and like I said, the best thing I can say is it was cool. It was cool as a comic book fan who knows all these obscure characters and references to see certain characters on screen like magic and, uh, that's it. That's about it. Uh, like magic. Um, and then the other characters that were from the comic books, but you know, not necessarily them, those exact characters, but it, it was kind of cool to be able to see characters that probably would never, ever, ever get a movie. <laughs> right. Now able to get a movie. Um, some of it was kind of cringy. The things they did with those characters, uh, just for an example in the comic books, magic, she has a little, pet dragon named Loki uh, sounds dumb, but it's cool in the comics In the movie. It is a sock puppet <laughs> Oh, dragon. <laughs> so that's just a perfect example of like, what? and I actually, <laughs> Oh, that's whenever, worse than any. Cause I, I was like coming up with all sorts of smart aleck. Like, Oh, was it this? But no sock puppets way worse than anything I was coming yeah, up with. It's like a sock puppet <laughs> of a dragon on her hand. And she like talks for it. Like she's freaking, What's that guy who makes all those racist puppet jokes? <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, Dunham. Dunham, yeah. It's like, okay. I actually, whenever she pulled out the sock pucket, pu- pucket, puppets, I, my dad let out the loudest sigh that I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> and I've got a whole supercut of those. He's a huge. I, mean, I care, but he's like, 
the biggest fan of this movie in existence. Of uh, uh, he was the biggest supporter of like of these characters right. in this yes. movie. And so the side heard. And by the way, um, we were alone in that theater. <laughs> um, okay, like right when the movie was starting, like one other group of people walked in, but we were like com- entirely alone. Oh dear! It was the smallest theater. Like we had to take. Like, going to the theater, we had to go all the way back. We literally, we turned a corner, and this is a theater we always go to. And my dad goes, I've never seen this part of the theater before. Because we had to go so far back (laughs) um, to get to it. So, yeah, people really didn't care about this movie, it would seem. Um, Which is kind of a shame, because, you know, I don't want all movies to succeed. But I understand why. Um, The story was, you know, kind of boring. Who cares? It took a long time for it to pick up. Um, I like the concept, the concept that they're these mutants and they're at this school and they're training. There are some twists in the movie, but twists that anybody who's read any X-Men comic ever probably can see coming from a mile away. Um, there's some fun references to stuff. Uh, they, they, they very um, overtly say things like the X-Men and Professor Xavier and Wolverine, like they, they, they weren't being like subtle, which is a good thing. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very much being like, yeah, this is in that world. Cause I think it would have been kind of cringy if they were like being subtle about it and making jokes. Like uh-huh. someone shows up in a wheelchair and they like put their fingers up to their head and that's it. And it's like, Oh, like that's very subtle. But right. by being straight up like, Oh yeah, I bet Professor Xavier owns this school. Oh, you said his name. Okay, this is in that world. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks. As opposed to the TV shows where it was like, X-Men, wink, wink, wink. Exactly. It was like, why? Just, you own the freaking property. Just say <laughs> well, they were, Wolverine. They, they did know? the same stuff on Legion. It's like, no, like, you have the rights to these characters. Just say their names. Like, like just say your father. my dad is Professor Xavier. You know? But it was like, you know, my father was a great man. But it was like all this like cloak and dagger stuff with like, just like out with it. Just, yeah. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah, got it. Yeah, Um, exactly. So yeah, there was, there was a bit of that. Um, Well, there there was none of that. They were, they were very much like, yeah, this is this, which I thought was just awesome. It has some interesting direction in it you can tell this is very much obviously like a movie that a director wanted to make it's obviously a very different from any other superhero movie it's pretty like dark and edgy and weird and different and there are some interesting shots but as y'all know there were a lot of reshoots and so um there was definitely you could tell like half of the movie felt like it was from a different movie in many ways, and it was—it's obvious what was reshot and what was the original mm. uh, intent of it. Uh, I hate when people say like, "That's a good version of this movie on the cutting room floor," <laughs> but I probably honestly say that somewhere on the cutting room floor there was like—I wouldn't say a good version, but a more cohesive, yeah, um, interesting version. <laughs> uh, all of it together just really didn't work for me. It was very much exactly what you expect, you know, like cringy and edgy. And there are these teenagers that are like, 
saying stupid one-liners and they're dark and mysterious and no one understands me you know that sort of everything you kind of expected from what we saw from this movie yeah right um but there is some interesting character development hidden in there like hidden under all the rubble there's some interesting fun stuff the cast is actually really great um all the all the kids well except for the main character which is kind of disappointing. The char- the actress that does the worst job is the main character. And no, not trying to like call her out. Um, she did fine, but me and my dad agreed that everybody else really outshined her. Um, and we kind of wish that the main character would have been any other of the kids in the movie. Who, like, who any which character other, was the, the main character? Um, the main character was, uh, it's hilarious that I can't even remember her name. It is the uh, Native American girl. Dark hair? Dark hair girl. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Long dark hair, not uh, dark Macy hair Williams. Girl. Yes, mm-hmm. not Macy Williams. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then not the blonde one, mm-hmm. but the, the other girl. Yes. Uh, she was the main character. She was probably the least interesting. Everybody else was pretty cool. Magic was awesome. And that's the one, the one good thing about this movie is that even though she had a sock puppet dragon... At the very end of the movie, she suddenly, oh, this is where the budget went. And she has all the powers that she has from the comic books. And she does some really cool stuff. So that was awesome. I love getting to see that. Yeah. And I appreciate it because Magic is probably the biggest character in the movie, like from the comics. Because she's like, um, you know, Colossus, uh, the big metal dude, that's his sister. Okay. So she's probably like the biggest character. Mm-hmm. So it's cool we got to see her on screen. And overall, I'm glad the movie exists because more different things is not more more different film is not bad, right? Especially in the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is very different. Well, I mean, look, as as the superhero genre was really kind of beginning to try to become a thing, we got lots of bad movies before we got good ones because they were trying to figure out how to show these things on screen. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the fact that they took a chance with some characters that are not mainstream and might've been difficult to show on screen, you know, it may just be growing pains. Right. You know, of course you're looking at a movie that Disney didn't really seem to want to release, but might have been contractually obligated to, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that it at least had some redeeming Merits. traits because I know that you weren't it wasn't one that you were particularly excited about. Yeah, I was not particularly excited about it, but I am glad that I got to see it. You know. Yeah. So that was cool. That's good. And you got to go. So, what was it like being in a theater again? That was actually really exciting. It was very. Um, you know, it kind of felt the same. Um, you know, of course, you're wearing masks to get in, but once you're and we're seated away from everybody else, it was okay for us to take off our mask and just sit and enjoy it. And then everything felt pretty normal from there on out. It, it was kind of nice. For something to, like, to feel normal? The, yeah, it was nice for something to feel normal. And I just really enjoyed sitting in a theater chair watching a, a screen mm-hmm. again um, next to my dad. That's something that we used to do all the time, mm-hmm. which we haven't been able to do in 10 months, you know? 
right. was always our thing. So that was cool to be able to do that again. Yeah. And then to go and stand outside of the theater at night and just st- leaning against a pillar and talking uh, yeah. about the movie. Um, yeah. It all felt very normal and cool. Uh, it, it was a, it was a lot of fun to just go to a theater again. Yeah, um, awesome. And also, thank God, the one good thing about getting seated in the furthest back theater that they have is that they hadn't updated it to have those stupid reclining chairs yet. <laughs> so I got to sit in a good old-fashioned, comfortable enough movie chair. A comfortable enough great. movie chair. That's a great, great yeah. descriptor there. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. Like, it's not special, but, you know. It serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Uh, I mean, it is special. It's not comfortable, is what I meant to say. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not yeah. what I would put in my home. Actually, I'd totally put that in my home. It, it's It's not trying to recreate watching a movie in your living room. Exactly. It's not. Um, it's a movie theater. There's a movie theater chairs. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Now, so. see, I'm a fan of the chairs that don't fold up. And so my kids don't sit next to me going, sick again, scooting down, sticking their feet up in their faces and going, look, mommy, look, mommy, while I'm trying to watch a movie. <laughs> so I am all about the reclining theater chairs because less irritating things for my kids to do. But I do see where you're coming from. <laughs> you make, a, make theater chairs uh, for going to the movie with your kids, if your kids start talking, it's like you can like roll up a window next Wouldn't to you. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you just hit a button and uh-huh. like a plexiglass shield comes up between like a, you like and your kid. Limo. Yeah, like in a limo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it seems like a good plan to me. I'm not sure how the other people in the movie theater would feel about that plan, but I'd be down with it. All right. So the other movie that we had that not everybody saw the one that went the other direction from the new mutants and did a VOD release, uh, Mulan. Yep. Marisha, hmm. what, what are your thoughts on Mulan? Okay. I honest to goodness do not understand why everybody is so determined to hate this movie. Like I understand that there are, problematic things that the actress has said and come out against. And I understand that people are unhappy about the region that the movie was filmed in, but that seems to have carried over into everyone, not just deciding I have philosophical issues with the production of this movie, but this movie sucks because I have philosophical issues uh, or moral issues with the production of this movie. The movie is good. I, I love the movie. The movie is beautiful. Um, if you saw Beauty and the Beast, the colors, especially in the town, are very reminiscent of those kind of really vibrant, saturated uh, colors. The costumes are exquisite. The acting was great. You know, I enjoyed the story. I thought a lot of people were... Um, kind of took issue with the fact that the character wasn't as much rebelling against kind of the social expectations 
Um, you know, she was kind of awkward and didn't really fit in, but they kind of downplayed that to some extent more than in the animated movie and the animated movie, like she just didn't want this life. She didn't want this world. She didn't, she wanted to be herself and herself was really the warrior. Um, and you know, that was kind of the whole premise and, and they didn't lean into the, I can't be me. Uh, they kind of emphasized a little more that, the person she was pretending to be, the soldier she was pretending to be, the man she was pretending to be was not her. So they, they kind of came at it from a little bit of a different angle. It didn't bother me, but my kids loved it. And the movie was beautiful. I, I really, um, when it was over, I felt like it had all the beats I needed it to, um, except for I didn't like get to see Jet Li absolutely crush it. I mean, I really, when I was, when Jet Li was in it, I was like, oh, we're going to get to see him do something awesome. And he didn't. So if you're going expecting to see Jet Li do something awesome, you'll get to see him do some moderately cool things, but nothing like on par with what you expect to see. Yeah. We got Jet to see Li. a little bit from Donnie Yen. Yes. Yes. Donnie Yen was uh, a bit more impressive. Um, but the movie was beautiful. The movie, I really enjoyed it. The kids thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I think the fact that they, you know, it's, it's always a, a balance when you're making a movie about another culture, you know, whenever you're trying to make it relevant to, you know, the culture that, that it hails from as well as to an American audience. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of tightrope walking that goes into that and, I really feel like it's completely impossible to make everybody happy with the the way the direction you choose to go with the story. So I feel like a lot of people it's people seem to be really confused on what they want with Disney with the live action versions of these Disney movies because uh -huh. when when they make one that's essentially exactly like the animated version, Beauty the and the Beast, much Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, where it's just a live action version of the exact thing. Like very little's changed. It's just live action. You just it's just a live action ripoff. Like why even bother? But then when they change it to honestly a story, I, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's nothing wrong with Mulan. I, I think it's got some faults, but. The thing is, is this is a, this is an 1800 year old story. Mm -hmm. And this version is much more true in every way to the original, to the original story, material. the original source material mm -hmm. than the animated version is. Mm -hmm. The Ballad of Mulan, there's not much to it. It's like a 68 line poem hmm. or, or ballad. It's very short. It's very concise. There's not as much of a big deal. And the problem is, one of my problems with this movie is that we don't get a lot of development of any characters outside of Milan. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just kind of there. The, the villains, everybody. But that's exactly what the ballad is. In the ballad, she, her father is aging. Her only brother is too young to go to war. She sees the scroll, so she goes and buys a horse, an armor, and a sword, and rides 10,000 gallops 
to battle where she goes to war for her country for like 12 years. Wow. Um, at the end, she's given all these treasures. She, she captures the, the enemy uh, leader. She goes back to the emperor. They heap rewards on her, a bunch of, a bunch of money, and then offer her this high position, um, I guess, with the military or whatever, that this, this big, you know, courtly position. And the only thing that she asks for is a fast horse to get back to her family. And then when she goes back to her family, there's not this big thing. She goes back, and when all of the other soldiers she went to war with, when they come to her village, she comes out as Mulan. And there's not this big thing. Everybody's just kind of stunned that, you know, this is Mulan, but there's not a big deal made over it. Hmm. And, of course, this is not just like some fairy tale. This is a... This is a legend, a ballad that is somewhat treated as at least pseudo-historical. And so I do appreciate that this movie seems to 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 take its cues more from that. There are valid points. Some of the CGI looked a little unfinished in places. For a 68-line ballad, lack of character development is to be expected. Mm -hmm. For a two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> movie... We needed a little bit more about the villain, and we needed maybe even a little bit more about her. And then this, it's its kind of like we're telling a story, but we're skimming along pretty fast and maybe, miss, maybe glossing over some important mm -hmm. things. And furthermore, we do not make up for it with hugely amazing martial arts sequences that was see that's the other thing that i felt like there was some great there were some great things in this movie as far yeah. as that goes but i feel like they build it as i mean i was expecting like like this big martial arts epic mm -hmm. like crouching tiger hidden dragon or even into the badlands right had had overall more impressive oh fights abs absolutely okay now the that's if I'm going to pull out one complaint about this movie, where was Daniel Wu? Daniel Wu should have been in that movie. He would have been so great. But overall, a movie that, you know, it's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, a, you know, it's got decent ratings, but there are a lot of people that had made up their mind for various social and political reasons that they were not going to like this movie before it ever came out. There were also people that, weren't going to like it because it didn't have the music in it and it didn't have the, the dragon. dragon like come on no and i get it because I, I think that honestly i think the only reason that people love the original mulan as much as they do is because of eddie murphy yeah i mean let's be honest about that it's he's a huge it's kind of like robin williams is the genie he totally carries that movie yeah that's, that's now fair. i don't know how accurate this is but I had heard, well, I had read from like many different like posts and, and stuff like that, that a, one of the reasons they didn't have the dragon is because something about that particular culture was actually like had nothing to do with the dragon or something. Interesting. And like, right. Something about it was something about it was considered racist by having Interesting. The, the dragon in the first place. Yeah, see, I, I don't know about that. But my whole thing is, is I literally saw a post that said, but right before the movie released, it said, can this movie even, 
can can it hold up without Mushu the dragon? And to that I say it held up for eighteen hundred years just fine without without the wisecracking dragon. Yeah, like it didn't need the wisecracking dragon. It didn't need the very Western music because everybody's complaining about the music's not in it. Well, that music's very Disney. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, there's very little about any of that music that would have fit in this film. And even like only most of them don't even, um, utilize like Chinese modes. No, you know, because a lot of traditional, and I'm not an expert on Chinese music, but you know, I, I'm, kind of conversant in music in general and have read a little bit about it. Um, and a lot of Chinese music, you know, utilizes what they call like a pentatonic scale, you know. Um, and I think only one song in Milan even utilizes that. I think the bring on it, right? Please bring honor to us all does use the, the mode, um, that pentatonic mode. But in general, it's all, you're right. It's very, very Disney. And they, they do pull in some of that music during the post credits you know, for nostalgia's sake. And they do utilize some of the themes as just orchestrally. I did kind of expect the music to be a little more traditionally Chinese. I kind of hoped that they would go a little more that direction. Um, But the score was pretty, the score was was more Western than I was expecting it to be. But it's somewhat forgettable. Pretty much the most recurring motif was the reflection, you know, just the orchestral rendition of the reflection song from the... Uh, animated movie. Yeah. So, uh, overall, I'd say it's a decent movie. Um, like I said, I, I won't say it doesn't have flaws, but I wouldn't have any problem watching that movie again. No, it's we'll an, definitely it's watch It's an easy it. watch. Mm-hmm. And and most importantly for us, the kids loved it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an another way, you know, I'm always interested in things that I can expose my children to cinema that's a little different than something they're used to. You know, we don't watch many movies, you know, uh, with a full ensemble of Chinese actors and, you know, in a completely different experience than, than what they're accustomed to. And so it's, it's, it's got that going for it in, in my opinion. And, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that some of the, the issues that people had, the production issues that people have with this movie aren't valid, but I feel like this movie really got caught in a political squabble about China because for some reason at the moment, I feel like people like who hates China changes every couple of years. Sometimes the conservatives hate China and sometimes the liberals hate China. And it's just kind of a toss up. Who's going to be the anti-China faction? I, honestly, I, I think that the highlight of the whole movie for me, though, was honestly Mina Wen showing up at the yes, end. Yes, that was so happy to see her. And the, I mean, that gorgeous costume and the makeup and all very, you know, um, traditional Chinese regalia she had going there. Yeah, I think she was pretty happy about it, too. But yeah, I mean, she's she's been been very excited to to talk about that movie. But again, I, overall, I, I would say, you know, it's the thumbs up for me. It's, it's not one I'm going to sit and tell you it's, you know, the, the best movie ever made or even the best Disney live action movie. It, it's definitely been upstaged by several of those. Yeah. But I mean, 
it, I, is, it is better than a lot of the people out there screaming about it are saying it is. Yeah. And I will say this, granted, it's probably about at the end of what it'll make, uh, unless people get tired of waiting down the road and decide they want to see it anyway. But it, it made $30 million, which is as much as Tenet and New Mutants combined in the theater. Wow. <laughs> So oh, VOD was I'm sorry, but... was the win. Um, I think New Mutants has made about eleven million dollars, and uh, Tenet's made about twenty million dollars. Now I will say, I, Tenet I'm sure was very expensive to make. New Mutants they only had a budget of like seventy million dollars. This this movie Mulan did have a two hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, so they're not they're not making it back. It's also pop. It's just really hip right now to hate Disney remakes, period. It is. I honestly I'm surprised Disney is pushing forward so heavily, so so much with they it. They keep when, making money though. Like I this mean this one may be the one that breaks Beauty and the Beast made gobs of money. It was really good. It should have. Yeah. Uh, Cinderella made ridiculous amount of money. It it was also uh, excellent. They have hit a couple of real home runs uh as well. So I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. And okay, while we're on, I'm sorry, just one second Uh-oh, on my soapbox. soapbox. <laughs> while we're on the topic, why is everyone acting like live action remakes or some sort of novel thing that Disney only came up with in the past three years? Y'all, does nobody remember the 101 Dalmatians movie from the 90s? Yep. I mean, oh, this is not the first time this has ever been done. Now that you brought it up. (laughs) Just because there have been a a run of them, most of which have been excellent, by the way. Most of them have been pretty well received. I I think The Lion King was the first one that really got... I don't think Dumbo did so hot. I don't think anybody even saw Dumbo. I, is, I think the think Dumbo might have been the one that was legitimately the first one that was legitimately a flop. You know, the thing uh, about the Dumbo Lion King is, is like, and and I I sort of see the argument about the Lion King. It's like, so you're saying live action remake, but it's really all did. It's just really all digital CGI. Isn't that still animated? Right. So I sort of see the complaint with the Lion King. I don't think that discounts what they did because yeah. it it looks incredible. I mean, um, and, and the I, Jungle I think, Book was pretty darn... No, the Jungle, the Jungle Book, Book was, was incredible. It was very Have impressive. Have you seen the Jungle Book, David? Uh, is that the John Favreau one? Yes. Yeah. Because weren't there like, wasn't there another live-action Jungle Book around uh, the same time? Yes. Um, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis did it as yeah. well. Oh, uh, Okay, no, I saw the John Favreau one, and mm-hmm. it was the most amazing thing I've seen in a long time. I loved yeah. it. It was incredible. Um, yeah, John John Favreau. If you want to talk about current movie makers who are pushing the technology forward, mm-hmm. it's definitely John Favreau. And actually, I saw earlier. I'll mention this real quick. Uh, this is more news than anything, but I kind of forgot about it uh, Monday. But um, the new Thor movie is officially using the volume technology. To see how that plays out on something on the big screen. See if it looks as good on the big screen. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, as, as big as home televisions are now, 
that's still really different than a screen the size of a house, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it'll be, it'll be really fascinating to see how it works out. And honestly, I think if it translates as well to the big screen as they're hoping it does, all of a sudden, I think all of us, we're going to see a big shift in how movies are made. Oh, it's the future of movie making. I don't don't think there's any doubt about that. We're not spending a year filming in 130 degree weather in Tanzania. Well, you might. Depends. I mean, they had ways around it, but they definitely just filmed Dune that way. I know. But what I'm saying is if they can get that same experience without having to risk all of their actors and cast having a heat stroke, a crew having a heat stroke. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's something. Well, what I think about, I think about everybody when they were filming, uh, the Hoth scenes on Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. And like basically like you run outside and you film for a minute and then you run back inside. Uh-huh. It was so cold. Yeah. Except for Mark Hamill who just had to stay out there in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I think that maybe this is the point where we're going to see the um, Tom Cruise and his ilk you know, who are like, oh, no, I'm jumping out of a real airplane. That's never going away. You know, and no, I'm going to, like, wish I was dead for two years in the desert or on the top of a mountain because I'm a real actor. Yeah. And then they're going to be the people who are like, no, I'll just do it in the studio and be comfortable. Thank you very now, much. There, there are going to always be things that have to be filmed on locations because you're not you're not doing big stunts. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise does in the volume. The last thing we wanted to talk about tonight was one that we all actually saw, so we can all actually talk about it. Probably my favorite of the ones I did see is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Who'd have thunk it? I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of the original. Like, I mean, that came out when I was a kid. I, I love those movies, always have. Um they're they're just fun movies. I mean, they're they're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They're goofy. They're the you know, but they're they're so much fun. Those two characters are so much fun, mm-hmm. and the chemistry that um, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter have is is just phenomenal. And they picked it right back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I just I love this movie, but I want to know what y'all thought about it. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm with Marisha, I did not expect to like this movie so much. You know, I thought it looked fun, thought it looked good. I did not expect to be laughing out loud watching this movie and some of the scenes. Um, it was, it was, dare I say, excellent. <laughs> most um, excellent, dude. Most excellent, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, the first, like, 15 to 20 minutes or so i'm watching it and nothing is like really coming out as as funny to me yet uh-huh. like right. nothing it's kind of a little really cringy for me yeah huh. it's mostly yeah, like, cringy it's, right and it, it just it took a minute and i was like oh, okay and nothing really made me laugh out loud until um uh the first the first moment that i like burst it out laughing and then I continue to laugh like this the rest of the movie was when the robot shot Ted's dad <laughs> and then he made that face like it's like a one uh-huh. second shot 
of him making. And of course, we learn more about uh, Dennis Caleb McCoy later, but <laughs> uh, at that point, it's just a row. He makes that face, and I just like <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And then it kept going. Um, and then there were so many hilarious moments, so many hilarious uh, lines. Um, Dave Grohl's cameo made my whole day, week, month, and year. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fan of of music and of rock and roll and of um, the kind the characters of rock and roll, like like Dave Grohl and right. and like Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. As a fan of, of that. And, and and all the people of rock and roll history and all the stories, I loved this movie. I, I loved it's such a love letter to that mm-hmm. genre of music, which is what all the Bill and Ted movies have been. Right, it's just a love letter to that. But especially this one with them going back in time and like you know getting Jimi Hendrix and stuff like right. that. Um, the kids, the daughters are probably my favorite part of the one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, they killed I it! Thought, Absolutely, I, I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, they they pulled off like, I mean, like yeah, they're 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 little Bill and Ted. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Also, I love that like they named their kids after each other, right? Right. <laughs> so like, because I expected it to be like, oh, okay, that's Ted Junior, Bill Junior. No, it's yeah. Ted's daughter is Billy. That's the, I thought that was just wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I thought they were really really great, uh, especially the girl who played um. Who played uh, uh, Bill's daughter? Yeah, uh, she and I, I feel like I recognize her from some things. She looks like a young Margot Robbie, but I feel like I recognize her in particular from things. She the was one great. that played Thea. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't see anything just right off. That... Maybe it's just she looks like Margot Robbie to me, and that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, she she kind of does. Yeah. She did a couple um, of episodes of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, okay. But no, I thought they were great. Um, all the characters were so funny. Mm-hmm. Dennis Caleb McCoy. That oh was the God. biggest surprise of the movie for me, and it was hysterical. Mm-hmm. It was so. He was beaten on the ba- whenever the, he was beaten on the back of that SWAT truck. My kids were just like rolling. <laughs> They're like, "Look, it's him! Is that robot?" That yeah. Yeah, uh, they just started. They like, appreciate like, it. Like, like you get that little glimpse of like his personality, but mm-hmm. then he starts talking, and he gets weirder. <laughs> like the more he talks, the weirder he gets. I love that on IMDb, everyone is only billed by their first name except Dennis, Dennis Caleb, Caleb McCoy. Because <laughs> <laughs> we do know that Bill, we do know Bill and Ted's last name, so we know the last names of at least half the characters on here. But no, the only one who is is billed by his entire name is Dennis Caleb McCoy. And you caught who the actor for for Dennis Caleb McCoy was, didn't you? No. It, you watched Gotham, didn't you? Yes. It's uh, it's Anthony Kerrigan who played uh, Victor Zaz. Oh, yeah. Now that I see it, yeah, that's great. I thought I like reckon like something about it was like. Mm-hmm. This guy, there's something more to this. <laughs> something more to this character, um, the whoever that is. But yeah, that was that was hilarious. So many great moments. He just kept like uh-huh. just that that first moment where it's where he, where they're in hell, 
Which also he kills himself, which is like what? The it's like that's a robot in hell. <laughs> and the, yeah, everyone's like, and they, the demon, the yeah, even the demons were like, hilarious. yeah, they were like, that's that's weird. Then <laughs> they were so funny. Um, and and like when he first gets to the hell, and he's like, my name's Dennis. That's great, Dennis McCoy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Caleb Dennis Caleb McCoy. That's so, yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the demons are so funny. Death was. Hilarious. Yes, um, I loved seeing that. Um, there was some, um, so, so there are so many really, really funny moments. Um, I love that Ted's dad was literally ready to murder Ted just because he broke into someone's house. <laughs> he was just um, over it. He was just over it all. Um, and those were probably the funniest moments to me. But then what really stood out were. There were actually some really heartwarming moments mm-hmm. in this Absolutely. movie for me. I think that's what made um, it work so well was the the <laughs> mostly the moments that were where they kind of turned it all around at the end, and it's really kind of all about family. I yeah, feel it's all about like, family. Exactly. The ending was great. You know, and I feel like they acknowledged that um stoner kids from the eighties are adults with responsibilities and lives and who need a little more depth out of things than, than they did. And I feel like they managed to retain the kind of offbeat humor of the original movie. And yet also acknowledge the fact that their viewers are grown up now and Bill and Ted are actually grown ups now you know, who have, there are real stakes in their life other than, you know, this hypothetical, the world's going to, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, you have to align the planets. You know, that was always a little bit of a, just kind of a device to do weird, you know, an excuse to go on this, this weird uh, adventure. But like, no, like they have real stakes. Like if they don't get their acts together, the, the people that they love Mm -hmm. are the only people that love them are going to leave. You know, yeah. and those are very adult concerns. You know, yeah, that's exa- and I and I love that. Like, the, you know, the the watch was a great plot device. They always said there's not enough time left, but I noticed that every single time, some, some even though they were running out of time, they took the time to be nice mm-hmm. to other people. Like mm-hmm. with Dennis, it's like that's great, Dennis. Like they never like <laughs> told him to shut up. Like they, even though they're running out of time, they took the time to say goodbye uh, to the. Um, time traveler lady right at the end, mm-hmm. even though they have like a minute left to like get out of there mm-hmm. took the time to say bye. And, um, like the first thing they did when they found out, Oh, my wives are going to leave us. We got to go back and, and stop that first right. thing they did. And then the most heartwarming moment for me, the part that just like, like just really like made me smile so wide in a good heartwarming way was when they had the flash drive mm-hmm. with the song and they're like, Oh, you, they're in hell? Well, we got to go get them. And it's like, I can't kill you. You have the song. And they just look at each other and just snap it, mm-hmm. like without a second thought. And, and, and it's like, I don't, that doesn't, none of that matters. I don't care if the world ends, mm-hmm. if my daughters are dead, yeah. or, or like if our daughters are dead. The, first, and they, the way that they look at each other, the way they're on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. that's another the heartwarming thing is the relationship between Bill and Ted mm-hmm. of, Always just like 100% having each other's backs. Even if it's a little codependent. <laughs> even, yeah. 
that's that's tr- a little t- like going to couples therapy. <laughs> right. That was that was funny. But again, it's this thing that they actually did something, and they've managed to do that across the years with this movie, and I think really hammered it home here. Something that Hollywood actually has a really really hard time doing of of people loving each other like this unconditional love, but it's not, it doesn't have to be like weird or sexual or, or anything like that. It's like, it's like Frodo and Sam. Mm -hmm. This is Frodo and Sam. If they were stoners in the eighties. Right. (laughs) That is the best. That is the best explanation of Bill and Ted I've ever heard. I 100% agree, but it's, it's seriously, it's, it's that story just really kind of goofy. And it, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, but they, they hit it home. Even even Ted's, you know, Ted and his dad, fi- his dad finally saying, I, I shouldn't have been, you know, so hard on you. I should have been helping you. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they addressed the the big thing, you know, kind of the elephant in the room. And, you know, and they addressed it head on. How does a, mo- how does a song unite mm-hmm. humanity? Right. Um, and they, they say it out loud in the movie at least twice, mm-hmm. uh, because that was always kind of the joke was mm-hmm. like, well, they're going to play this song that's going to unite humanity. And right. it's like, but then you're doing this movie where you've actually got to do it. Right. And it's like, which I thought was genius. Yeah, it, it was, it, it, you know, that, that final narration, you know, it, it wasn't so much about the song. It was that we were all playing it together. Mm-hmm. And that was a brilliant way to handle that. And, and I feel like that's another acknowledgement that our audience is a grown up now. Right. Or, you know, our audience is grown up now, rather. Um, mm-hmm. And they like this weird, you know, this sort of like bizarre, this thing has got to happen. And so we're just going to like not, you know, just like mm-hmm. leave it to your imagination how it works. And so acknowledging like, okay, now we have to actually answer this question. That we yeah. that we postulated as a joke, right? Right. All those mm-hmm. years ago, it was like this ridiculous thing, and like, ha ha, you know. And you just sort of is left to your imagination to figure out how that works. But now we have to actually, okay. Now our audience deserves mm-hmm. an actual explanation, and that they didn't sort of like, oh, it wasn't Bill and Ted. You know, it, they didn't sort of, they weren't completely supplanted by the next generation, but that it was, that, that they all needed to be in it. You know, that mm-hmm. Preston and Logan were, the, the original Preston and Logan that he went back for in the 80s were still an integral part of this process, but that they weren't doing it alone. You know, that mm-hmm. they're uh they didn't just have backup, you know, cause like the princesses in the original movie were like totally just sort of like a prop, like, and here's your reward. These two sexy girls from the past, <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's like total, that is totally the end of that movie. <laughs> um, and so I also feel like they did a really great job of fleshing out some characters who were just sort of props in the original movie. They really just ex- existed to be like, hey, hot babes from, you know, hot medieval babes. And they actually like have these characters. And so now, again, acknowledging the fact that our audience has grown up, they actually need a story and a point of view and things to do besides just sort of be arm candy. Yeah. 
So and, I appreciate oh, that. Oh, we too. might leave you. Right. Right. we're not uh, obligated to just, you know, sit around and watch you ruin everything, you know, just because. So um, I really, I was actually, I was pretty excited about this movie, which was, I mean, I wasn't like a huge Bill and Ted fan, but I'm always down for a little bit of time travel. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like time travel is totally my jam. And then when it was like picking up musicians, it was like, You've got me at, you know, <laughs> Louis Armstrong and Mozart, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm totally down for this, yeah. um, but it really exceeded my expectations with just how well they managed to pull it all together. And we, we did introduce the kids to Bill and Ted, and uh, we'll probably actually talk and probably take a Star Wars break and talk Bill and Ted on the Padawan report yeah. this week, but... Um, Iana has been, we've watched a lot of stuff lately that's had some time travel involved. But they watched several episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. with us, the time travel right. episodes. Heavy and so Iana's like, I don't know if I like time travel. It's too complicated. And so when we started watching this, she was like, oh, it's time travel. And she was trying to figure it out and make sense of the time travel. And She's I like, finally, wait, if they go back and do that, it's going to change the future and it's going to be like... Right, and this was the first because we well, mm-hmm. we started with the first because they had never seen it. So we watched Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I finally told her, I said, you're overthinking it. It's going to ruin the movie for you. Like, literally, the only rule here is you can go anywhere in time you want, but the time in San Dimas never stops running. Like, that's the only rule to time travel in this movie, which is mm-hmm. great because... You don't have to like try to figure out if the time travel makes sense. It just, Are they coming back to a different timeline, right? A la Back to the Future and mm-hmm. uh, you know other other things more recently. Uh, it's actually a really interesting comparison because Back to the Future is like my favorite thing ever. Like there are lots of things that I really, but like Back to the Future may be my favorite movie. Um, my, my favorite like trilogy of movies. Um, I just, I love Back to the Future. And so it's kind of interesting to compare because Bill and Ted was also, you know, Bill and Ted, Terminator, and Back to the Future were like the really kind of kicked off time travel as sort of a genre, you know, back in the 80s. And so it's funny to compare how different it is, uh, the rules are, you know, from something like Back to the Future where, you know, if you go and change things, well, you know. It doesn't really make that mm-hmm. much difference. So, yeah, it, it, it's definitely, it was definitely fun. And, again, the kids uh, got a huge kick out of it. So I'm always down for things I can watch with my kids. Yeah, that's great. I had a lot of fun with the movie. And another thing I love, I, um, just uh, harking back to your point earlier, is uh, sort of about, like, they grow up and stuff like that. I love the idea that they have failed for this long in the end they didn't fail mm-hmm. but like for 20 years they've been trying to do it and it hasn't worked out and you know at the end you kind of expect them to be like oh, okay so then they make the song mm-hmm. and that but no it took them this long to do it we're in 2020 now and they still haven't figured it out and people are kind of over it you know i, I love that idea yeah right. um i thought that was a great place to pick it up i also i could tell that this movie was made with a, with a lot of love. Um, yes, you know, absolutely. none of these people needed to come back. 
Keanu Reeves is not desperate for a role right now. No. He's being handed it left and right. Um, Alex Winter, he's been retired yeah. for like over a decade, right? Like, Yeah, he hadn't done much lately. I mean, he has done, I mean, never done a whole lot of real big stuff, but yeah, I mean, he's been sort of retired. Yeah, so like he had no, he, it's not like he like needed to come do this. So it's like, it was, it was, I think it was, I think it was pretty obviously the world is at a, uh, in a, in a relatively dark place, in a pretty dark place right now, mm-hmm. um, to a lot of people in a lot of places. And I, I almost feel like some people went, we need a Bill and Ted movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, hey, Keanu, and of course, Keanu is the nicest man who's ever lived. So he's like, yeah, I'll do a Bill and Ted movie where we talk about being excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was, I mean, that's still at the end of the day, their whole thing. Um, also, uh, a quick note that I just found that I made that I remembered I wanted to bring up. Whenever they go to Dave Grohl's house um, uh, and they listen to that tape uh, that turns out to be made by Dave Grohl. And it's like, oh, okay. And they actually believe that this is what's going to, they, they think that's the song. I love the idea as a, just as a, uh, as a Foo Fighters fan here, I love the idea that if anybody's going to make the song that unites the world, that it's Dave Grohl and that Bill and Ted were like, like adult Bill and like older Bill and Ted were like, oh man, if we need to pick an artist who's going to make a convincing song for it. We should go to Dave Grohl's house. <laughs> right. I love Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Uh, call me a, call me a grunge nerd from the nineties, but, or like a, a total freaking poser. But, um, <laughs> I love the freaking Foo Fighters. So I, I, that made, that was, that made me smile. So wide. like I said before already, his cameo was great. Yeah. I loved all the cameos from mm-hmm. like, well, I guess there was only one more kid Cudi, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not, you know, a fan of Kid Cuddy's, but I thought he was great. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, he was absolutely great in it. He was awesome. Like he's like, mm-hmm. it's like to dig the multiverse, you gotta pick a place to dig it from. You uh-huh. dig. Um, <laughs> he's like talking about quantum physics, uh-huh. right? Awesome. Yeah. And the, the the thing is, is like this movie could have been so bad, so incredibly. You know, terrible. you look at things that have come back from not even from not even as long ago mm-hmm. as Bill and Ted, and tried like things like Dumb and Dumber that have come back oh. and tried to oh, do yeah. pick them back up, and they're just like because now these characters that they once portrayed that we loved are now like caricatures of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and this could have been, I, I had another friend that was like, you know, he didn't know whether he wanted to watch it. Cause he was like, I don't know. It just, because he didn't know where it was going to go. It was like, you know, it could be just kind of sad. Like, you know, these guys that just never got their crap together. It's like it, when you're 18, it's one thing, but when you're, you know, 40, when you're in your forties or fifties and you, you're, you're still like, haven't gotten your stuff together. Which I think this movie shows that they, they did. You, you don't know. have to have everything together to have the most important things together. Right. And you don't. You don't have to have it all figured. You don't even have to have conventional success if you have the people that love you and you are will and you love them and you are willing to sacrifice for each other ultimately. 
that is the important thing. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as what the movie is, it's Bill and Ted is still really silly. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. It was everything that I could have wanted in another Bill and Ted movie. Absolutely. And they, I mean, they brought back the same actor as Death. They brought back the dad. They even brought back the dead gum whore of a stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, yeah. Missy, the fact that Missy was now married to another family member. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. That's oh, pretty funny. Yeah. That yeah, that was funny. All things considered, I, I think that this, for me, this movie exceeded every expectation. Yes, it did for me. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it again. Um, I had so much fun with it. I've, I Probably the most that I've smiled in a long time watching a movie because so much heartwarming stuff mm-hmm. and some really hilarious jokes. Yeah. Um, if I had to talk about faults of the movie, I mean, there were a couple... Especially towards the everything I didn't like about the movie was at the beginning. At the beginning, it felt kind of not choppy, but like it would go from scene to scene in kind mm-hmm. of a weird way that I didn't quite. I don't know if this is making any sense, but like it's yeah. like okay, wedding, okay, mm-hmm. wedding. It was a little and then abrupt. They're at couples therapy, mm-hmm. and then they're in the garage, and then they're like, and then they're at the the future, like grand, like what? Wait, what? What? Right. Slow it down a little bit. A little more um, exposition, please. Right. Well, just like you know, a transition. Right here and there. <laughs> right. Now, yeah. Or like, oh, it's been a couple of days. We're going to couples therapy, or like you know, like. Right. Also, um, but I do love that it was only an hour and thirty minutes. Just yep. a good, nice, condensed. Mm-hmm. This is a fun movie to watch. It takes an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. Right. I was glad they did that because that's kind of in keeping with the the first two movies. They're mm-hmm. about the same length. Yeah. And the other fun thing, uh, you know, well, okay, let me rephrase that. The other thing I think that kind of made the first few minutes of the movie suffer is that literally every funny thing in the first 15 minutes of the movie was in the trailer. True. Like literally every funny thing. And there's some nice stuff. You know, I'm not a big Kristen Kristen Shale fan, but she was great as, was it Kelly? Rufus's daughter. Uh, but I, from the moment we saw the hologram of Rufus talking mm-hmm. about the great ones, yes. I was sold on this movie. Like, yeah. I, I think I smiled from there forward. Like, yeah. You're playing for 60 people at the Elks Lodge, most of whom were there because it was $2 taco night, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the hell that means. <laughs> um, yep. And I, I've been rewatching. I've rewatched it. I've watched it. I guess I've watched it three times now. And uh, there's so many great things, like people in the background. Yeah. uh, All the random people that are popping up in the Uh wrong places. The Sahara Desert Mm -hmm. is is here, Mother, and San Dimas, (laughs) and Queen Elizabeth is watching. The the part that got me was like it was it's like a once it's the little one second shots of like Gandhi uh-huh. showing up in a freeway, right. <laughs> yes, for like a se- just a second and he looks confused and then moving on like yep that's, exactly that's quality uh, storytelling right there. I mean, in this movie is like the never ending cosplay group. Oh yeah, like I mean, literally. You could just have the biggest cosplay group ever. Everybody works, you know? So we can all go to Dragon Con next year and David can be Dennis Caleb McCoy. (gasps) 
Can you make that costume, Marissa? <laughs> we could make that costume. I don't do armor. Andrew that one's probably armor. more in my department. But, but yeah. yes, I think we could do that. Nice. I um. I kind of. I just. I had super long hair, like hair as long as Keanu in this movie. Uh huh. Um. About a week ago, and I cut it. I saw uh, your mother posted pictures on Facebook. Yeah, she was so proud of me for finally cutting my hair. Um, <laughs> Mine's getting pretty I, close to that long. Now I yeah. kind of regret it. Wait, yours is getting that long? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't <laughs> yeah. even imagine you. Anyway, um, I'm kind of like, oh man, I could have dyed it black and, and been Ted. But I guess now you can be Ted. Yeah. You yeah. could be, you're blonde. You could be Bill. Andrew could be Ted. Perfect. And then the kid, we can dress the girls up as uh, little Bill and little Ted. <laughs> we can dress oh, yeah. Elijah up as death. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is this is getting Wait, good. Who's gonna be death? Elijah. <laughs> I think that would be adorable. Oh gosh. Uh, what are you gonna be? Me, I'm wearing that goofy looking white affair. Oh, that um. That what's her name wears? Yeah, that's that's that that's perfect. Then it's Caleb McCoy. No, the uh, the girl. Uh, Kelly, we said her name was Kelly. Yeah. Kelly, yeah. And I'm going to have be... my little like invisible phone and I'm going to like march around like, no mother. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Yeah, that could be fun. Actually. You can have Mozart mm-hmm. and Jimi Hendrix. And, yes. Absolutely. Um, Louis Armstrong. Uh huh. Actually, Elijah has a costume that could definitely pass for Mozart with his, his little, uh, his little Lumiere costume. He was the cutest little candlestick. He was Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. He was so adorable. But he's got a white, floofy wig. Yeah, he could be Mozart. That's perfect. That would be fun. All right. Well, unless anybody else has anything to add, I I do think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. If you've seen any of these movies, let us know what you thought. Send us a message on Twitter or or drop us an email. And um, if you drop us a message, we may even be able to mention it on the show next week. Uh, but until next time, Marisha, where can people find you? You can find me on um, my website. You can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore padawans. And on, um, I'm sorry, my brain's gone. On Twitter, you can find me on Twitter uh, at ppadawans and as you might can tell from my conversation about um, all of my costume plans related to all of the movies that we've seen, that we've discussed tonight, I mostly talk costumes, at least on my Instagram. So, All right. And David, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at stay underscore creative DD and on my YouTube channel, creative DD. Or I do podcast videos, tier list about all sorts of nerdy things. All right. And I'm Andrew. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can find me on our other show, Coruscant Radio Underground, every Tuesday. You can drop us a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com or check us out at the sciencefictionary.com. And as always, be sure to check out red5network.com for our podcast and to see what all of the rest of our podcast family has going on. And until next time, be excellent to each other.